0: Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Bodhidharma's Breakthrough Sermon If someone is determined to reach enlightenment, what is the most essential method one can practice? The most essential method which includes all other methods, is beholding the mind. But how can one method include all others? The mind is the root from which all things grow. If you can understand the mind, everything else is included. It's like the root of a tree. All a tree's fruit and flowers, branches and leaves depend on its root. If you nourish its root, a tree multiplies. If you cut its root, it dies. Those who understand the mind reach enlightenment with minimal effort. Those who don't comprehend the mind, practice in vain. Everything good and bad comes from your own mind. To find something beyond the mind is impossible. The Sutra of Ten Stages says, In the body of mortals is the indestructible Buddha nature, Like the sun, its light fills endless space. But once veiled by the dark clouds of the five shades, it's like a light inside a jar, hidden from view. And the Nirvana Sutra says, all mortals have the Buddha nature, but it's covered by darkness from which they can't escape. Our Buddha nature is awareness, to be aware and to make others aware. To realize awareness is liberation. Everything good has awareness for its root. And from this root of awareness grow the tree of all virtues and the fruit of nirvana, Beholding the mind like this is understanding. Good afternoon. afternoon. It's really a joy to see everybody here. It's a nice full Rahatsu session this year and it's very heartwarming to see. Is this the first Rahatsu session for anybody? Anybody? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And part of me wants to pat you on the back and say, poor thing. Okay. And then another part of me wants to say, wow, wow, A Rahatsu session. Um, Forty years ago, today, was my first Rahatsu session, right here. And I was where you're sitting now, and I could not imagine ever being on this side of the tatami. The Rahatsu session was um, the culmination of my first kese. And... I can safely say that nothing in my life to that point, and perhaps nothing since, has been as glorious as that Rasut Session. Um, Perhaps nothing has been quite as strenuous and difficult and and torturous also. Um, Not to tell you that I was having a great time the whole time. It was difficult it was very difficult um, but it was um, life-altering experience I hope the same will be true for you in your first Rahatsu I remember so well the feeling of confusion and desperation that I had as a young Zen student in equal measure confusion and desperation so if you Find yourself in difficult times during the session. Times when you're wondering, what the heck am I doing here? What is all of this? Can I really do this? Please keep in mind. That the confusion and desperation is your Buddha nature. It is your vow. It is your motivation. It's much greater than any Kesaku. This Bodhidharma's uh, breakthrough sermon is given in the form of dialogue, questions and answers, which was typical of the early days of Zen and the earliest uh, sermons or sutras. The same format is used with eno the Sixth Patriarch. And the first question, the opening question of the sermon, is if someone is determined to reach enlightenment, what is the most essential method one can practice? But before even getting to the question part of it, this, this word determined is so important. Your determination is the sole determining factor in what you will find in this practice. we often speak about the need to have a great vow and a great vow is very important but that's sort of zen speak it's sort of it's jargon what is a great vow the great vow is having your back against the wall being desperate, being ready to risk everything. We often read and recite such lovely words, so poetically shaped and so eloquent. But the root of this vow, this determination, is not poetic. It's not eloquent. It's when you are desperate, when you're sick of your own nature, your own particular brand of greed, anger, and delusion, when you're scared shitless, when you don't know where to turn, That is what is meant by if someone is determined to reach enlightenment, and each of you, by being here, has already de- demonstrated a determination to reach enlightenment. A determination to put a stop to the cycle of suffering. So, when you are afflicted during the session or after you leave. Daibasatsu and go back to your regular life. When you are in the greatest difficulty, you should bow down to that difficulty. You should light a stick of incense. Where the trouble? Because truly that is your greatest teacher. So if someone is determined to reach enlightenment, what is the most essential method one can practice? Just to stop on that determined for a moment, we all have our own level of determination. The um, successor of Bodhidharma was uh, Eka, the second Chinese patriarch. And Eka was, um, had a peculiar way of showing his determination. He stood outside the gates of the, I suppose, monastery, um, pleading for admittance so he could study under Bodhidharma. And it was probably a day like today, cold, snowy. A big snowstorm blew up. And it said that Eka was standing up to his chest in a snowdrift, and the icicles were forming on his eyebrows, and he was there all night. Now, Bodhidharma in the morning saw that this poor fool had stayed there all night long in the snow and in the the ice, just desperate to be given admittance and to study with Bodhidharma. And so Bodhidharma asked him what he was doing there. And in very eloquent words, which I can't remember exactly, Eka said, I have to study under you. I have to. I have to. The eloquent words, I'm sure, were born in the retelling of the story. This is a story that was probably told many, many times before it was ever written down. And so with each... Telling it got a little more refined and a little more polished and maybe a little bit exaggerated. But I think that Echo was essentially just giving a sort of primal scream of I have to, I have to, I have to. And Bodhidharma. in order to push him just a little bit further. Told him in no uncertain terms and in somewhat insulting terms that he wasn't worthy to study under him. And so Ekka took out a sharp knife and cut off his arm at the elbow. And as the blood was streaming into the snow, Bodhidharma said, Okay, (laughs) you're worthy. You're worthy. I'm not recommending self-mutilation to anybody, but just a way of pointing out that It's the desperation. It's the really needing, wanting to put an end to this cycle of samsara, really in your gut, in your heart, in your mind. All all together, that is what pushes you over the finish line. Bodhidharma's answer was just to make him that much more determined. To just give him that final push. What is the most essential method to reach enlightenment? most essential method to awaken, the most essential method for liberation, beholding the mind. It's a beautiful word beholding, it's not analyzing, it's not trying to understand, it's not judging, it's not laying blame. It's not even purifying. It's being with, becoming one with, setting up no barriers, not rejecting anything, When pain is there, recognizing pain as pain. When doubt is there, recognizing doubt as doubt. When sluggishness and feeling dead, feeling like you just can't go on is there and i'm sure that everybody's experienced that at least once already the first day is the worst feeling just like there's no energy there's no no spark you know later you get, you build up a head of steam and there's there's some gratification and the first day is just struggle just ah oh. God, this is, oh, everything hurts. Not only is everything hurt, but I'm not even awake and everything hurts.. When that happens, just watch what happens. Don't judge yourself, "Oh, I'm the worst." You're not the worst. It happens to everybody. Uh, Forty years of doing this and it still happens to me all the time. But beholding, beholding, knowing that this is the working of Buddha nature. This is the Fruition of all of your deeds up to this moment. And whether the result is intensely enjoyable or intensely disagreeable, just being with it, watching. Knowing what's there. And knowing when you're kidding yourself about what's there. When you tell yourself, I can't do this. Of course you can do this. You're doing it. When you tell yourself, I'll never get it. Of course, you'll get it. You're getting it right now. Even as we speak, you're getting it. All you need is the determination to stick it through, just be with it. No matter what happens. thoughts about the past, thoughts about the future. Every slight you've suffered. Those are your teachers. But only if you take this attitude of beholding. Not taking them as your boss. Not taking them as something to get lost in. But something to recognize. Something to be aware of. From moment to moment, your experience is going to be different. Every single Time you sit on the cushion, every time you walk in the kinhin line, every time you sit down to eat, your experience is going to be this, this, this. And your awareness in that moment, regardless of what the content of the moment is your awareness of this moment that is the Buddha nature shining forth so your knee hurts so your soul hurts so you have all kinds of funny ideas If you get lost in the content, you will be lost. If you find yourself in the awareness, you will be found. Sometimes it's confusing, this idea of the mind. You know, what is the mind? Can anybody point out for me where the mind is? You know, is is this the mind inside of our skull? Or is this the mind inside of our heart? Or is this the mind, this whole body? Or is this the mind, all of you together here right now, beholding the mind Eno the sixth patriarch in the uh, collection of his talks and teachings he was talking about Jhana and Jhana is the Sanskrit word for Zen, which really means meditation. And he said, in our system of meditation, we neither dwell upon the mind nor upon purity. And in this sense, he is using mind as the content of mind. We do not dwell on the content of mind. And we certainly don't dwell on purity. Learned audience, what is sitting for meditation? What is Zen? In our school, to sit means to gain absolute freedom and to be mentally unperturbed in all outward circumstances, be they good or otherwise. To meditate means to realize inwardly the imperturbability of the essence of mind. To be free from attachment to all outer objects is jhana is Zen. And to attain inner peace is Samadhi. When Bodhidharma was teaching Ekka, he said essentially the same thing. Ekka asked him how should he proceed in his training. He said, outwardly, sever all karmic ties. Within your mind, do not pant after things. I love that phrase. Do not pant after things. I have, I have a dog who loves to eat. And I never feed her as much as she wants to eat because if I fed her as much as she wants to eat, she would be as big as a cow. And so she is always panting after treats, panting after more food. And I can see that panting after in myself in so many ways. And you may observe that panting after even in your meditation. What is it that you're trying to achieve in meditation? What is it that you're really trying to get If the answer is anything, then you're panting after something. Beholding the mind is not panting after anything. It's not panting after purity. It's not panting after feeling good or bliss. Bliss may come as a byproduct of beholding the mind. But if you're panting after it, it will never come. Within your mind, do not pant after things. When your mind is like a wall, you will be able to enter the way. that's that's one to really think about when your mind is like a wall uh, the image that comes to mind for me is the uh, the monolith in 2001 the huge black slab that's so mysterious So mysterious. Everyone's wondering, what does it mean? What does it mean? But it doesn't mean anything. It's a wall. And you can throw anything at it. And it just sloshes against it, falls down wall you can think of it as the wall of awareness the wall that has no attachment that has no panting after things Like the description of God in the Old Testament, I am, I am, or Popeye, I am what I am. That's the wall, the mind like a wall. Unmoving, imperturbable, even as everything else is going on. Physical pain, mental pain, exhaustion, hunger, sleepiness, all of these things come. And your job is simply to behold, watch what happens, be with it, not judging it, not running away from it, not drawing it closer to you, not getting on the train of thought and finding yourself somewhere far, far away but just watching what's coming, what's arising, what's happening right now from moment to moment, being with the breath, being with sensation, being present. When thoughts arise, knowing that they've arisen. When emotions arise, knowing that they've come, they will. But maintaining the stability of awareness, the freedom of awareness. You don't have to believe everything you think. You don't have to be carried away by every emotion you feel. You can know these things and see them. And the awareness and the non-reactivity, the non-reactivity of a wall, that is liberation, to not be taken prisoner, to not be held hostage, To know that what you're thinking now is not going to be what you're thinking a day from now. What you're feeling now is not going to be what you're feeling a day from now. It may not be even what you're thinking or feeling 30 seconds from now. These things come and go like clouds in the sky. Sometimes, though, they're very alluring. They're part of the story we tell about ourselves. And the story is so important. For most of our lives, we've been shaping the story of ourself. And all of these thoughts and emotions are part of that story. And so we think they're very important. And so we want to gather them in. We want to believe them. We want to feel them. We want them to verify and validate our story. But the story is just one more of those circumstances of those conditions that keep us from Jhana, samadhi. As long as you're holding on to that story and all of the thoughts and feelings that validate that story, you are missing something very important. What if the story is just shadows thrown up against that wall, like a movie projector showing a film on the big black wall? So the next question, how can one method include all others? How can one method include all others? The mind is the root from which all things grow. If you can understand the mind, everything else is included. Everything good and bad comes from your own mind. To find something beyond the mind is impossible. In the body of mortals is the indestructible Buddha nature. You have it right now. Each one of us does. And sometimes it's hard to imagine that that's true, especially when you're in pain, whether the pain is physical pain or emotional pain or mental pain. Like the sun, its light fills endless space. But once veiled by the dark clouds of the five shades, it's like a light inside a jar hidden from view. The five shades. It's a marvelously ambiguous phrase. The five shades could be the five skandhas or the senses or the, what are called in the Theravadan tradition, the five obstacles, obstructions, the kleshas. A jar, a light inside a jar hidden from view. And another sutra, the Nirvana Sutra, says the same things, different words. All mortals have the Buddha nature, but it's covered by darkness from which they can't escape. Our Buddha nature is awareness, to be aware and to make others aware. To realize awareness is liberation. Everything good has awareness for its root. And from this root of awareness grow the tree of all virtues and the fruit of nirvana. Beholding the mind like this is understanding. There's really nothing that you have to do except to pay attention from moment to moment and when you know that you are not paying attention pay attention to the fact that you're not paying attention whatever is coming up and you can do this with any phenomenon that arises. You're sleepy. So notice that you're sleepy. Be with that sleepiness. Don't don't fight it. Don't don't say, I should be I should be awake. Just say, huh, so this is sleepiness. Hmm. Okay. And then go back to what you were doing, whether that's following your breath, working on a koan. Don't fight. Resistance is futile. Because the only thing that you're fighting is your own mind. So how can you defeat it? You can only be with it. You can only shine a light on it, shine the light of awareness on it. So the light of your Buddha nature has been stuck inside a jar and covered over with five shades. Shine a light on those shades. The darkness will die by itself. There's nothing you have to do to kill it. Just be aware of it. Just shine the light of attention on it. I've kept you long enough. This has been a Zen Studies Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.